that's something which is really starting to become more and more evident for me is the fact that these conversations are continuous. Conversations don't just stop when you hit the stop button on the record. Conversations continue and they need to continue and they need to develop and they need to have time to sometimes percolate and you need to be able to sit with conversations and really... Hello friend and welcome back to another episode of Do I Need School to Be? The podcast in which me, Alex, is going to sit down with creatives and ask them about their journey into the creative field, focusing on their education, the teachers who shaped them, the books who shaped them, the movies, in general, what their journey was like. If you're somebody who is thinking about entering the creative field, I hope this show will be a resource to you and show you that we all have different paths and they are all valid. So let's go. I am so excited to bring you this week's episode because it's with the wonderful Lena Boni, who I met through the incredibly warm podcasting community on Clubhouse. Linda is not someone who likes to be put in a box, which I think it's very interesting and yeah, amazing. Such a creative spirit. She is a podcaster. She's a podcasting editor, producer, mom, survivor. She's she's all the things and more. And I am so happy that she accepted my invitation and came up to the microphone with me. It was it's truly a beautiful, vulnerable interview that I am so happy to be able to share with you. Just a short trigger warning before we start during the interview, we're going to talk about many things. And one of them is the topic of domestic violence. So if you feel like you're going to be triggered by this topic, feel free to jump the first 20 minutes of the interview and to join us when you're ready. And remember that there are services available to you no matter where you are, and it's okay to ask for help. But let's not dwell on that. It's, it's Linda's story, and I want her to tell it to you. So here is my conversation with the wonderful Linda Boni. Okay, it didn't refresh. So, hi, Linda. How are you today? <laughs> great, great. Um, evening for me. So, but almost, almost onto Sunday. Not quite. Oh, that's great. Just like enjoy, like getting ready to enjoy the last day before it's Monday. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hmm. Well, I'm very excited to have you today. Like we, like we spoke before, uh, during before we started recording, and we talked about how it was very meta to in this creative education podcast to interview a podcaster. So it's like an mm-hmm. onion. It's like one thing inside the other. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah. So uh, to begin, let's just kick it off with uh, tell the audience who you are and what you're currently working on. Sure. So my name is Linda and I am a podcaster first and foremost. That's my absolute love. Um, that's what I really love to do. And I'm also doing that while juggling lots of other projects like many other podcasters do. So I am also a mum of three very active, busy boys, nine, six and nine months. So that certainly keeps me busy. And I'm also working from home, doing a lot of VA work and um helping other people with their podcasts as well so helping them launch from the ground to nothing i'm helping them revamp sometimes at 150 episodes in i'm helping them with a lot of the output input uh, editing audio all of the pieces of the puzzle which really helps me also broaden my understanding at the same time and i fell into podcasting really 
So uh, it was purely accidental. Uh, if I look back now, it's always been there. So I remember talking into the old cassette player, you know, hitting the, the record, the play and record at the same time and recording my voice <laughs> over and over again, um, asking questions for, of my sister who was a little bit younger than me. We would record stories into the into the cassette player and play them back and record songs or make up our own songs and all that sort of thing. So it's always been there, I think. And one reason that I think it really works for me is the fact that I love to ask questions. I love to have conversations. And I think that it's ever evolving as I evolve at the same time as well. Mm. That's amazing. I, I, I love all those answers. I love how you fell just randomly into it and now you have turned it into your main occupation. Yeah, and that's right. it's great because it's something that's also allowing you to like raise your children and be and be present in mm. their lives. Mm, that's beautiful. It's such, a, it's such a beautiful idea. Mm, and yeah, yeah it sounds like it's your passion. You sound very passionate about it. And yeah, I am. So, and how did you get here? So you started learning, you just started your first, it started with your own podcast or did somebody ask yeah. you to help them with theirs or how, how did that store all the store? How did you get here? It started, uh, the two sort of started simultaneously, really. So it started with me feeling like I needed to find a big part of my identity again after quite a, well, quite a bumpy road in, in some ways. So just to walk you through it fairly briefly, um, I was in a situation where I unfortunately was at the receiving end of quite a, a violent relationship. So I was in a domestic violence relationship with the, the dad of my first two boys. And so through that, really felt very lost. Really felt like I didn't have much of a voice. I didn't have much identity. I didn't know what I loved anymore. I didn't feel like half of who I was. And I remember... Uh, somebody saying to me when we left because it actually took us five times to leave so it took us quite a while to actually get the final final out and I remember someone saying to us while we were actually in a in a refuge in a shelter with I had two boys at that stage um, who were three and one and I remember someone saying to me oh it'll take you know about three to five years to really find yourself again and I just thought at that time oh no no, like I, I'm so much better than that. I, I was in complete denial. I really was. And I didn't think, I thought I could really beat the stats and I could really you know, find myself again in a shorter amount of time than the stats allowed me to. And yeah, it actually takes about three to five years to really you know, get some sort of smooth run, um, feel a little bit half human again. It really does. And so I had been listening to podcasts sort of on the sly because it was something that I felt like I couldn't do comfortably within that space, unfortunately. So I was listening to a lot of podcasts of people who were in a similar situation to myself. I was listening to a lot of podcasts um, that were very inspirational, inspirational for me in learning how to live again in a way. And also listening to a lot of podcasts about 
um, starting up small businesses and having watched my dad own small businesses throughout my life, I, I felt like it was a really great next step. So I've had uh, four podcasts so far <laughs> and actually remember, um, yeah, really feeling quite empowered in the, in the whole podcast process. Mm. Thank you for sharing that with me and for being so vulnerable about your story. Mm. And I mm. think that's the beauty of podcasting, that it allows you mm. to share your story and maybe not share your story, but empower yourself through creation mm. and through yeah. saying, hey, I, I can do this. It's something that I can do. I don't mm. need much to do it. I just need, you could start a podcast with your, microphone, with your, with your phone, actually, or with uh, just a small recorder, just you need a computer. Yes. I mean, there are some barriers to it, but yeah. it's something that you can start any day. And I'm so happy to hear yeah. that through that you connected with other people. Mm. and with other knowledge and that it helped mm. you like pave your way for the beautiful life that you have now. Mm, definitely. Yeah. And look, it's very hard to capture that story succinctly because there's a lot more layers to it than I can share in five, 10 minutes on a podcast, of course. Of course. And I think that's why that's something which is really starting to become more and more evident for me is the fact that these conversations are continuous conversations don't just stop when you hit the stop button on the record conversations continue and they need to continue and they need to develop and they need to have time to sometimes percolate and you need to be able to sit with conversations and really yeah just yeah just to put to put it in a almost in a dumb context because I like putting serious things in dumb context to make them easier to talk about. Um, mm. There was this song that uh, I think it was a Jason Mraz song, just a, just a random Jason Mraz song. And I heard it for the first time and I loved it and I got one meaning from it. And then I didn't hear it again for years. And then years later, I was in a completely different place in my life and I heard it again. And then it was just a random song that I understood in a completely different way because of the place I was in my life. I think same things happen with stories. You hear a story once at one state of mind with a certain level of experience, but then you mm. hear it again days, months, years later, and then you're in a different mental That's space, right. different level of experience. Then it just clicks in a different way. Mm. And that can and happen same, with stories. Yeah, the same with telling stories now too. Like I listen to myself telling that story back and it's very different to how it was five, six years ago. And it's got way less attachment to it now than it used to it's way less emotional it's part of my journey and it's it's still developing and doesn't just end as I tell the story so yeah ah, that's beautiful and then then during your journey did you teach yourself everything or did you when it came to podcasting like what you did talk you're you're 100 self-taught Pretty much. I yeah, because there aren't any formal courses to learn podcasting, of course. So <laughs> no. I, how, how yeah, did it, so, was it, how, was it trial and error? Was it a lot of um, figuring stuff yeah. on your own? Did you find resources? How, how was that? How was the process of learning? So I started podcasting in 2015. So 
at that stage there was probably less noise in the podcast space and maybe less resources. I remember doing a lot of experimentation and a lot of um, YouTubing and Googling and uh, talking to other people and really finding a bit of a groove and also having quite a confrontational time in the expectations that I would set for myself and having to adjust those and realizing that hmm, actually for 30 minutes of audio there's sometimes up to three hours of editing depending on the client and how they might want it edited or depending on my own expectations of adding you know extra or, or taking out ums and ahs which I was doing right in the beginning I was taking out you know any breath that was too yeah. loud or yeah, like this space is too long like they, they, they didn't talk for they, they stopped talking for three seconds it oh, sounds weird they had to make it one and i look back on that now and it's such a an interesting experience but it's also taught me a lot and this is what i would like to really start to discuss a little bit more in the podcasting space are we dehumanizing people in the podcast world by taking out ums, ahs, silent, pause, because sometimes, in my experience, if you are saying, um, you're actually collecting your thoughts, you're actually starting to formulate an idea, and we are so quick to jump to the next thought or jump to the response to the question or jump to whatever like we're in a quite a fast-paced society and even in podcasting we jump to oh on next week's episode we have john doe of blah blah and once the episode's out we um might post it 6,543 times on like every single social media platform well it certainly feels like I over exaggerate it certainly feels like that much we post and post and post and then in our podcast world it's often that's it and it's quite unfortunate because like I was just saying you know our conversations continue our ideas formulate our experiences develop our thoughts and so much more needs to often come from that one conversation that we've had I love that and I think that could expand to uh, should you delete old episodes that are not as good? Mm. So this is my this is my second podcast. My first podcast was for a nonprofit, and um, I, I learned I we did uh, twenty four episodes for that, and you can mm. really tell the difference from episode one was a mess. It was I I, I edited on GarageBand and I forgot to turn off the metronome when I exported. So oh, in the episode you can hear it like tick. <laughs> and a friend told me I thought that was an artistic choice I honestly thought what an interesting artistic choice and I was like nope 100% mistake and uh, my boss told me um, it's it's your project so you can choose how to keep it but um, I think you're going to want to like re-record the first episodes and I said no I actually like that mm. they are so imperfect and that they're a mess because as you continue listening they just get better like I figure out the music, I figure out how to up and lower the volume, I figure out the pauses. It's still far from perfect, and I'm sure that these podcasts will be far from perfect too. But does it need to be perfect? Maybe it doesn't. I deleted so many of my old episodes. The shame. I, I felt the shame. I felt the the absolute 
I felt like that time was over, that time was done, and in hindsight, wow, what what a <laughs> to go back and listen to them now would be yeah. Yeah, see the growth, like be like, wow, mm-hmm. this was mm-hmm. terrible. I said that <laughs> that's something that um as so I'm a the graphic designer, so as a designer, it's really funny to go through old projects and say like what what was I thinking? why mm. why it's too much yellow the spacing is weird why did i do things this way but that shows growth it just shows that you your aesthetics change that the, what you think is quality changes it happened to me uh more recently with a movie which movie was it i think it was legally blonde i mm. hadn't watched it that the reese witherspoon movie and I, i'm saying this is somebody who loves reese witherspoon i love her in wild i love her in dramatic roles um, and I loved Legally Wrong when I was younger. And then I watched it again. And I thought, this movie is not good. This movie is yeah. proposing very strange things. But it can also <laughs> be the other way around. Um, there is this cheerleading movie called Bring It On. And that movie was way ahead of its time. In that moment, the topics they were proposing, which was um, a rich school full of white people appropriating the routines, the cheerleading routines, from a school that had lower income and was mostly African-American people. And I thought back then, I just thought like, oh, okay, it's happening. I was a lot younger, but then re-watching the movie now, I thought this movie was really talking about some serious issues in a context that was funny. Mm-hmm. So th- there is that, like you said, with stories, like sometimes you understand one thing, then later you understand something completely different. Yeah, and so much of that comes down to listening, right? Totally. Being able able to listen and be able to have some space and thought to not just be quiet while the other person takes their time to respond to you, but also sit with their response before you jump in with yours or listen to the podcast and then pause or listen to the podcast with a friend and then continue the conversation. There's so many of those opportunities, I think, which are quite overlooked and quite undervalued in a way, maybe, or perhaps we don't feel like we have the time for them in this world that we live in. It's just very interesting. That is all. Beautiful. Curious. I'm very curious. (laughs) I love that. So Mm. um, your teachers have been experienced then, making mistakes Mm. and... Who, have you had any other teachers like maybe maybe they didn't teach you directly but people that you admire and you were learning from them yeah. even if they were not actively teaching could you tell us about that yeah so one of the big podcasts that I remember editing is actually called the love life show and it's an Australian duo who I think they did 200 episodes and they talked quite a lot about uh, some major self-development work like listening and being relationship building and love and what to do if you're not doing what you love and things like that so in listening to a lot of those podcasts I was often hanging off every word and one of the hosts also took her time to mentor me in that space as well and so she's definitely been one of my biggest teachers 
also my dad. So my dad's, I've always admired my dad from, you know, day dot. And we are quite similar in the way that we think. And I actually interviewed him for one of my first podcasts while he was in Antarctica. So he travelled to Antarctica for almost 18 months when he turned, just before he turned 60. So it's quite, quite amazing. He's quite inspirational and taught me a lot and still teaching me. And then there's also three very big teachers that I have, which are my children. So they are definitely very big teachers in my patience and resilience and even just in the podcast space, thinking about how I can approach it creatively and differently. And their voices are actually on the trailer for my podcast as well. So it's really, it's wonderful to get them involved in that process. They love sitting here and getting in front of the microphone and watching the, the waveforms go up and down and, and just you know, hearing their voices back and things like that. So, yeah. That's, that's so beautiful. And that fits with the concept that I, I, I mentioned, like in the questions that teacher is such a loose context. It's a, mm -hmm. such a loose uh, meaning, at least in this show, because mm -hmm. any, any experience, any moment can be teaching you something or somebody can mentor you from a distance or your parents are your first teachers by their presence or by their absence, they teach you something. And you're then your children, like what, how, biggest teachers because you learn about yourself and you learn how they will approach life mm. that, that's that's so beautiful I love how you put it so eloquently oh, thank you <laughs> and, and now in where you are do you see yourself in a position that you can start teaching others because I'm guessing so because you're you're editing like this podcast and helping them and being like hey almost mentoring them a little bit into finding their space What's your teaching style? How do you approach it? Um... Hey friend, it's Alex. Just interrupting this conversation to remind you that in order to have the optimal experience and enjoy all the links in the show notes, you can subscribe to the show on any platform you're using to listen to this podcast. And yeah, it supports the show. It will improve the algorithm for you. So it would show you more shows like this one that you will potentially like. And if you wish to support the show, you can follow us on social media. All the links are in the show notes as well as a link to buy me a coffee, which yeah, will help pay for the hosting. And I also love coffee. Thank you again for listening to the show and letting me be in your ears. And now let's go back to our conversation with the wonderful Linda Bonnie. I don't like to be boxed in. I, I'm one of those people that actually the name of my podcast is Questioning the Normal. So my, or my current project, my current podcast, I say, because I have lots of others on the back burner and lots of other things happening. And, and that's the thing. I have many, many tangents, many, many things that I enjoy, many things I love to do. I've done a lot of video editing and I spent some time interviewing people for their About Me page. So I would do a video on audio for their about me and ask them questions just like we are doing right now so I don't like to be boxed in and so the thought of pitching myself as a podcaster or you know podcast support person or even a, a VA type um, type role can be quite challenging 
for me. And that means that I've done several, several different things and several different journeys while podcasting and it keeps coming back to podcasting. So something I've had in the pipeline for quite some time is actually the podcast playground. So that is a space where we can get curious and we can listen and we can reflect and we can go back to old episodes and listen again together and we can think about the importance of having healthy conversations and decent conversations because I think it's often overlooked, especially for people wanting to go into podcasting. They go straight to the tech, they go straight to the editing, they go straight to the what type of headphones am I going to have and how am I going to, who's my host and who, blah, 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 blah. And sometimes they need to learn a little bit more about how to listen, how to have good conversations, how to ask great questions, how to reflect how to uh, I guess defrag a little bit after podcast interviews because it can take some of your energy you can be actually on quite a high after after I don't know about yourself but yeah you're you're almost buzzed after a podcast interview so what that looks like and I really want to set up a space where we can all come together to discuss that and reflect on that and that sort of thing so that's my current project but like I said I don't really like to be boxed in so um, that's a space where I can really bring a lot of that in together um, I think it's interesting as far as we if we're thinking about the future of education and what I am teaching or what we are learning and that sort of thing I've been thinking about a question recently in how I don't necessarily like being told what to do. And I think it's a fair statement for lots of people. And I know my children certainly don't, don't enjoy being told what to do repetitively. It doesn't have, it doesn't have good results. You know, the house ends up in a bit of chaos and they retaliate and they feel like they need to dig the heels in and then we start getting more and more, you know, stressed or upset or feeling like we need to reiterate points or tell them what to do. And I don't believe there's a lot of value in being told what to do. I think there's a lot of value in learning how to do things or having someone guide you or listen to you or show you or so many other ways than being told what to do. That's that's so pure and so true. I think you would love, um, have you seen this show Abstract on Netflix? We don't have Netflix, so no. Okay. So, <laughs> so um, then maybe you can look up this person on Instagram. I will send you um, her information. She's a toy designer called Cass Holman, and that's her belief that children don't need to be told what to do and how to play. They know how to play. We just need to give them tools to do it. Um, in the in that that docu it's a documentary series, and in each episode they interview a different designer. And the episode that's hers, she's talking about this toy she created, which is like a center with three tentacles, mm. and it has magnets on it. And some sides are positive and some sides are negative. And right. the box comes like 20 and kids can do whatever they want with them. They can hang them from somewhere and make a web or they can make a character. They can do whatever they want. 
And when she was pitching it to the people that had paid it or they were just presenting it again to her investors, they were like, okay, um, but they're white. Shouldn't they be like have colors? She's like, no, they don't, they don't need colors. Like kids don't need color. Like white is a color and they don't need it. Like don't, this is not necessary. So like, okay, or maybe they need a face to be a character. She's like, no, they don't need to be a character either. Kids can decide that in, on their own. They can decide if it's a character, if it's a tool, if it's a, a web, Come they on. can choose. And the final one, which I thought was the most hilarious one, they wanted to put um, a sign of what was positive and what was negative. So kids would know how to magnetize the toys correctly. Wow. And she said, no, they will learn on their own. They will realize that two sides don't click. They will just try the next one. You don't have to spoon feed them anything. I think that aligns very well with not being told what to do, just being given space to discover and entertain. And I think many times, like I think to me personally, at least those are the best teachers, the teachers that don't tell you this is the path that you need to follow, but just show you this is a path. There is this, there is that. You can look mm -hmm. into here or into there. Um, one of my previous interviews, she was talking about this teacher that just kept throwing themes at her. She was interested in one theme and he just kept throwing resources at her, at her, not knowing what she would do with it, not knowing if she was, it was her alignment. He was just providing more resources to see mm. what she would do. And I think that's beautiful. It's not telling you what to do. It's like showing you options and possibilities. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And that's what the playground is about. That's the spaciousness you need the ability to experiment experiment wildly and see well let's see what happens here or we'll test this out and not carry a lot of fear or judgment or expectations and not feel like you have to do something just because it is the norm or just because you are told that that's how everybody does it especially in podcasting that's quite significant I feel like there's a lot of pressure on podcasters to post on Instagram and Facebook and um, Pinterest and LinkedIn and like so many spaces. And a lot of the time we're flying solo. A lot of the time we are looking at other people doing all those things and they have a six people in their team doing those things for them. But we are still seeing that person or hearing that person on Clubhouse or hearing that person on the podcast and thinking, oh, what am I doing wrong? Because I can't do all these things. And it's interesting because a lot of that push has held me back. And I realise, I absolutely realise that. I take full ownership of that. But that podcast, that push, 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 has actually meant that I've frozen and gone, oh, no, 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 I'm just going to not do anything, which is actually the opposite of what a lot of people are, are sometimes trying to tell you to do so that's also quite curious about that as well hmm. totally and I think something that is currently missing in creative education is how to get to know yourself so you can be in a space that you can say this is what I can do because um, they tell us like you have to post on every like you said to post on every social media. Maybe I can't. Maybe I physically can't. I have a job. I I don't have the time for it. Oh, but you have to want to be successful. 
there are many paths to be successful. And maybe your success won't be 100,000 followers on Instagram. Maybe your success will be just put out an honest conversation. And do you think in the future, the creative education should be focused more? I mean, from what I understand from our conversation so far, you think it should be more focused in the human aspect, not in the technical digital aspect. Absolutely. And humans are not linear. We are, we are not uh, this flat line that we all fit into. My eldest, he can literally read a book while watching TV, while eating dinner, while, you know, like he's the, the little buzz kid that can do several, several things at once. Whereas my, my middle child, I, I know that he needs to often just separate himself from all of the energy around him just to refresh and reset. And he needs a lot more rest and he needs to take things a lot slower. And he's also incredibly intelligent at the same time. So there's so many different ways of being creative and learning and creativity for and slowing down for one person might be sitting on the, on the couch and thinking or meditating. And for another person, it might be going for a walk and talking to a dozen people down the street. I don't think we can keep trying to box it into this is the way that is best or this is the way that that works for for you or me or things like that yeah or okay. this is the way that you should get over something or this is the way because we see it not only in education we see it in everything it's like this is the way that you should look because other people look like this or this is the habits that you should have because other people have them or the way you should parent the way you should design the way you should uh, learn because other people learn it uh, running topic for my other guests is that they wish education became more flexible in a way that it could adapt to your needs and to your style of learning I have mentioned this before um, I heard in a podcast about rethinking economics they were talking about how AI could combine with education saying that the fear is that an AI will replace a teacher but the person talking about it proposes why can't an AI help the teacher? So the neurotypical children that learn in a very specific way can be taught by an AI. Another AI can teach children to learn a different way. Then the teacher can supervise and adapt to adapt them and then focus on the non-neurotypical ones that need more human support. Mm. Interesting. And I, I think it's a beautiful concept. What do you think about that? Look, I think that even within that setup, let's say as a hypothetical, we are still looking at a system and a process. And in my experience and what I believe is systems and processes are often very dehumanizing. Yeah, because you think for the majority, for the general and not for the individual, right? That's right. And there are 7 billion individuals in the world, all wired very differently, all with very different experiences and upbringings and all with very different inputs and outputs and, and so on. And you, like, like for yourself, you know, you, you know 
three or four different languages. So you've got lots of different ideas around languages in itself. For me, I only, I only know one. I, I've never learnt any more than one. So in understanding that one language, it's probably quite different from you who's got several different understandings of different languages at the same time. And so for me, the answer comes back to a lot of that spaciousness and listening and not necessarily trying to fix or set up something which caters for all the needs of the neurotypical and the stereotypical and the atypical and B-typical and C-D-E-F-G. It's about allowing the spaciousness to become curious and ask questions and focus and not be interrupted and not be told what to do and not not necessarily use all the moments as teaching opportunities. I love that, especially like not every moment is a teachable moment. Some moments are just moments to That's sit right. and enjoy. Yeah. I, I was, uh, I what I saw these, um, this meme today. It was about a baby reading a book that was called uh, tight, open bracket, tight, not op, open mouth, title, closed mouth, uh, HTML for babies. Right. And yeah. I thought, why can't we just let them, like, why does it need to start when they're a few months old? Like, why can't they just be babies or be little kids for a while? Why are we starting to put information in them? And like you said, we live in a society that goes so fast that we're losing that we're losing the sense of maybe the kid just wants to go outside and jump in a puddle for four hours it's need to be a teachable moment it's just jump in the puddle for four hours and say nothing just say nothing just observe and watch them in the puddle instead of oh is the water hot or cold and oh look how much you can splash and oh what color are your boots and oh what there's so many ways in which we interrupt moments with what we think is necessarily to sometimes filling those silences or sometimes with our own stories and beliefs and understandings and like I said feeling like we need to fill those moments with teaching opportunities and what color is this and what color is that and yeah they're, they're already such sponges they're learning all the time <laughs> constantly yeah and like you said, they're sponges. And just by being curious yourself, they're learning to be curious because you're a teacher and you're teaching them even when you think you're not teaching them. Mm-hmm. They just learn on their own. And I think that's a, something that as adults we should embrace and remember and hold on tight and learn without need of a system. Just like you said, be curious. That's right. Yeah. I love mm-hmm. that. Such a, I, I've loved this conversation. Learned, learned so much. Like brought up so many perspectives. I appreciate that. So as we come to the end, is there anything specific you want to promote? It could be your podcast, it could be book, movie, school of thought, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to invite people to come and play with me in the podcast playground and experiment wildly and find the space to reflect and 
discover more and just be held amazing i'll put it in the show notes and i'll definitely check it out thank you thank you and thank you so much for sitting down with me and i hope you have a great day you too i kid you not you guys this might have been one of the most quiet and insightful and vulnerable interviews i've done for this podcast and i really love that i i love talking to linda about the importance of silence and being quiet and giving space and allowing people to just be human which is what education should be like allowing people to have the human experience that is learning so it was a true pleasure to have her on the show and you'll find links to her and her work on the show notes as well as the designer that i mentioned cass holman and their project gmo and i hope you'll enjoy this episode as much as i enjoyed recording it producing it and doing all the things with it and as we come to the end of the show i want to thank you for joining me on another episode and giving me your time i hope you're enjoying these conversations and please subscribe to the show and give us a review or give us any feedback you can reach out to us on social media as well all the links are in the show notes to let us know if you have questions you would like to ask creatives what would you would like to learn if you have somebody to recommend please let us know i am here to make something great for you that said Again, thank you and hope to be again in your ears next week. Keep learning and stay curious. Bye.